Branded Treasures Within Podcast. I'm your host, Georgia G, success coach and multi-passionate creative. If your goal is to create a business and life from your passions, plural, this show is for you. Join me every week to learn the mindset shifts, business strategies and creative habits that empower you to fulfill your calling, master your mindset and blast through the limiting beliefs that keep you stuck and broke so you can build a thriving business from your passions and enjoy more freedom and abundance in your life. Remember, the world needs all your gifts, not just one. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Treasures Within podcast. My guest today is Annick Ina, an author and book doula. Annick used to own and run multiple high-end retail shops and worked as a business and life coach before deciding to unite all the skills under book doula business. Today, she provides aspiring and established authors with end-to-end services to help them through all the different stages of the book process, from writing to publishing to promotion, all sprinkled with master coaching and business strategy. Annick has an incredible story and is living proof that success happens when you own your story, own your multi-passionate nature and bring all of who you are into your business. I can't wait for you to hear how she did that, so let's dive in. Hello, Annick. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here. Thanks, Georgia. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. And why don't we start by telling everyone a bit about your story, how you started, and how you became a business doula. That is so cool. Thank you. So where do I start? Um, there's a lot of things. As a multi-passionate, I've done a lot of things in my life, different things that in the end were the same things, but we're going to talk about that later. Uh, I I was a teacher. I was a business retailer. I had a retail business, shops. Um, and then I started the online coaching business. I, was, I did a bit of business coaching and um, transformational coaching and I then found my sweet spot sweet sweet spot um, helping people write and publish books oh wow and I know it's, it's a common theme for us multi-passionate to try different careers before actually hitting the sweet spot and how did you know that this is, was what you are meant to be doing now? I didn't know back then when I was doing it. I was just going with the flow, which is kind of something I've always done. <laughs> I have never been able to do something that I didn't like. I, I really needed to, I don't know if you're into human design. I just discovered it recently. And one of the things in the human design, I'm a manifesting generator, and it says that unless you know why you're doing something and you want, you feel the need in your guts, the desire in your guts to do that thing, you're not going to do it. And that's me. If I don't know, if I don't want to do something, I'm not going to do it. And so all my life, what I did was just follow the things that I loved and one thing led to to another. When I was a child, I was a the dictation champion. Uh, mm-hmm. I loved languages when I was 10. 
And just before our call, I was looking at a little women's magazine that I created when I was then. I drew things and I wrote fake news in it, but I, I love that already. And then I love languages and I love contact with people. And I just followed, you know, those opportunities in my life. And I started teaching. So that was languages. I started um, connecting with people. I had my business. So business came in as well and getting things, putting pieces together. And then I almost organically, you know, found a way to get this iteration of my business together after I wrote my book. I love writing, so I ended up writing my book. And when I wrote my book, again, I was like, as usual, I wanna share what I learned with everyone. I want everyone to write a book because it was so amazing and it's so transformational and everything. So I started helping people with that. And as I started doing that, I realized that all of my other skills came in and today i realized that my business is a container for all of my skills to have their spotlight i i also love that and i can relate so much to what you said that it really is an organic process and we always think that no, just because we like teaching, we have to be a teacher, or we like writing, we have to be a writer. But actually, there are ways to combine all your passions into yes. your business. Absolutely. And what was the book about? My book was about my story. In 2015, I quit drinking and... Um, I think the first year after that, where I didn't have any numbing tool, left me with me and myself and my issues and I had no way to escape. And so that was a way to face those issues and heal them or at least start the healing process. And I had so many realizations that I, I wanted to share that with the world. And I also... I think the biggest reason was that I had reached that point where I felt like I was ready for a new life, for a new story. And that would only happen if I put my old story in a new little container. You know, like when you're, you move stuff from your computer and you put it in an external hard disk to make space for your computer. Uh, that that was kind of what I was feeling I felt like I had been carrying along those stories that were part of me and that had made me who I am but I was ready for more I was ready to shed those stories and beliefs um, as well but I didn't want to just forget them I wanted to put them in a little box metaphorical box and that was my book once my stories were in my book then I was free to be. So that's that's my story. That's what my book's about. That is so beautiful. It's brave. And 
it really shows how our big struggles, you know, when we do the work uh, and we learn to overcome them, they actually can lead us towards our purpose and how we can use them to help others because without that experience, now you wouldn't be helping other people read their books and share the stories. Yes. Absolutely. That's that's beautiful. And I don't when it comes to writing books, there are two schools of thought. There is one that says that every entrepreneur should write a book. It's a good business card. You can get opportunities that way. And it's another one that says that you should only write a book if you really love the craft of writing, if you have a message to share, if you're going to, you know, write a masterpiece, it's going to stand the test of time. And I was wondering, what is your take? Who should write a book and why? <laughs> I actually, I guess, agree with both of those schools of thought. I don't think they're exclusive, really. I think, I obviously think that every entrepreneur should write a book if they can. It's always a big plus because a book is, you know, an entry-level product for your clients. It's a way for people to get accustomed with what you do. And it's a way for people who cannot afford your services to get a under 10 or 15 dollar products so that they can still get the at least some goodness from what you have to share um so yes if every entrepreneur can do that that's great and i am 100 percent for that um and well actually then i don't really agree with the second thing because the second thing says you should only write if you like the craft of writing and i don't agree with that I actually think that everyone can write, and I, I'm putting can between inverted commas. Everyone can write, and let's say write is a very broad term. And by writing, this can be producing words in any kind of way. So not everybody can write, write like, type or write down words with their hands but I think that everybody can produce content be it in videos be it in um, audios telling a story and there are ways to turn those that that content into writing and therefore into a book so if people want yes of course if you love writing then by any means write a book but if you want to write and that's what I meant when I said I am for both if you want to write a book but you feel like writing is just for certain people who love writing or who can write then I'm like no don't let that stop you if you want to write a book but you you think you can't write and that's also another thing that I work um, on with my clients a lot of people think they can't write but all you have to do is tell a story, but you tell it in writing. It's like you're writing to a friend or you're writing to, well, yeah, that's the best, the best way to do it is to write to a friend. It's like you write, if you can write an email, then you can write a book. If you can write a blog post, then you can write a book. You just, you may not have the skills or the confidence to do it now, but there are ways to fine tune that and find your voice. And again, the confidence to write knowing that what you write matters. So 
And if you still think you can't write, you can also choose. I, I, I am a lot for the path of least resistance. So if you getting over your blocks of writing is too big of a work to do, then hire a ghostwriter. <laughs> but they will still write a book with your words. That's that's also work that I've done for clients of mine. They were great speakers. They were awesome on a stage. But when it came to sitting down and writing words down, they had a block. So I said, okay, fine, let's get on Zoom. I'll ask you questions, you'll tell me your story, and I will transform those words into chapters in your book. And there you go, they had a book. So I think that everyone can write a book. Yeah, that is amazing. I, love, I think we forget sometimes that things can be easy. We get to make things easy. It's not, it doesn't have to be complicated. This big, scary thing can be easy. And when it comes to multi-passionate, you know, they say that everyone has a book in them. And if you're multi-passionate, you probably have like a dozen or more. <laughs> I know that I, I, if it were for me, I would just write like 50 books because I have so many ideas. So how do you choose the right one? What, what idea is worth turning into a book? I think, again, I will give you the same answer as I did before. It's what you really feel inside that you want because I believe that we have more than one book inside of us. We have several books inside of us. So which one to focus on? That's the big question. And um, I once um, wrote a post earlier this year saying that writing a book and being in a relationship is kind of the same thing and that um, you gotta love that person or that idea enough to be willing to put the work in it because there will be times where you won't like that project or that person if you've been in a relationship you know you don't love those people all the time and sometimes they're like ah you're so annoying I love you but I don't like you right now and uh, so you've really got there will be challenges because that's the way it is and until you find your groove, there will be hiccups, there will be highs and lows. So you've got to really put everything on your side right from the beginning. You don't start dating, well, some people do. They start dating people they don't really like and they wanna see where that's going to go. And a lot of times it doesn't go anywhere because they realize that spark wasn't there. There was no, feelings deep down in their guts and I think it's the same for a book if you start writing a book that you're writing because you feel like it's the right idea it's what you should be writing but deep down that's not what you want to be talking about yeah it's not gonna work I mean it's gonna be hard it might work but it's gonna be hard and again why make things hard the short answer to your question is, again, check in with your gut, check in with whether it lights up a fire inside of you, whether it makes you happy when you think about it, or whether it makes your whole body constrict and be like, man, I don't want to do this. And of course, you may not want to do this because you're scared, but sometimes you may not want to do this because you just don't want to do this. You don't like the idea. And 
I've also seen that happen with clients and a lot of time actually that happens clients start writing a book about a certain theme or in a certain way because they feel like this is what they should be doing but then after six weeks the they just lose their enthusiasm because they realize that uh, that's not what they want to be doing and very often we dig a little we try and understand why the resistance and that's where we uncover the real thing they want to be writing about and then it's like opening a tap the words just keep flowing and it's easy so i think right from the beginning if you want to make things easier on yourself check in with your inner compass and see if that idea or that project lights you up and um, I also want to say, saying no to something right now doesn't mean it's no forever. So if you think you should be writing about something, but you really want to write about something else, well, write about that something else first, because that's going to be quick and easier. And then when you're done, maybe try the other thing, or maybe then you won't want to try the other thing. But I say, go with what's easy. Don't make your life hard. It's already hard at the beginning when you're a multi-passionate because you've got a thousand of choices to make and you've got a lot of things to do. So pick the easy path. I love that. And I think, you know, it's so easy to get sidetracked by, you know, an idea that could make you more money potentially or is trendy right now. But if it is not what you really want to do, it's just not going to work. And I also love about what you do. They even just help people with writing the book because there is, there is also so much else that goes into it. The process itself, which is writing, editing, publishing, but also there is a lot of mindset work. So yes. can you talk a bit about that? And what do you, how does that help authors? And what else do you see that come up again and again? getting goosebumps just thinking of the answers um yes I think the most important part of the work I do is the mindset and the transformation that comes with writing a book because when you start writing a book or when you think about writing a book you immediately have all those questions who am I to write a book who's going to want to read my story Uh, I'm not good at writing. I, you know, there are so many voices and it's just the voice of your limiting beliefs. And if they are present in writing a book, there's a high chance that they might be present in your life, in other areas of your life as well. And what I found really great, I wrote an article about that, the ways writing a book will change their li your life go way beyond the book itself because in order to write a book you have to brave your fears and your insecurities and the confidence that you get in writing and thinking that your writing is good enough and then in putting that out to be quote-unquote judged by other people You need a lot of confidence <laughs> to be able to do that. And, and it's, it's hard. I mean, it's 
no matter who you are, no matter how experienced a writer, I remember Liz Gilbert said she still thinks, oh my God, people are going to read this and they're going to think it's crap. It's, it, everyone has those feelings about their book and that it's not going to be good enough. But when you brave those fears and you're like, I think what I have to say is important. And I think that even if it's not perfect, I'm going to put it out and the right people will find value in it. And maybe you make peace with the fact that it's actually good. And when you do that, it doesn't just stay in the book. You start seeing this for yourself in all the areas of your life, in your business, in your relationship, everywhere. And I know for me, and that is why I, I decided to do what I do. I know that for me, being able to share my story and stand strong in who I am, to say to the world, here is my story. You can do whatever you want with it, like it, hate it, I don't care, it's my story. So when you own your story, when you own your words, when you own your expertise, you own it everywhere. And the way you show up in the world is just, it just reflects that. It's your energy that shifts because you are not that person hiding anymore. You are that person standing strong in who you are and owning all of who you are. Or at least what you've put in your book. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, that's that is so what it powerful. Is. That is so powerful. And uh, I think it's the thing that we most neglect. And it's so lucky that your clients actually have someone that actually helps them do this work and own the story and become the powerful leader that can change lives. Yes, and I'll tell you what. One of the most interesting things that I see is that when my clients start writing their book, that process of owning who they are, of owning their story, of really digging deep in those old stories and seeing them from a new perspective as an adult, as um, an objective observer, as opposed to them being in their story as the victim or as the, um, as the person living it. Very often we have childhood wounds coming up and childhood stories and when they write those stories in a book for another reader who doesn't know them they tend to write it in an objective point of view and they often change their perspective on what happened to them or they revisit the same story and they realize that that story that they the narrative that they had kind of doesn't fit anymore because they're over it now they want to rewrite that story literally they want to rewrite that story and tell it differently in a more empowering way and um what is really interesting is to see that when clients start writing their stories and doing that there are changes that start happening in their life as well i had a client start she left a job that she'd been in for like 20 years and she got a great job that she loves right now i had a client who graduated from therapy um, because of the whole healing process that comes with writing and exploring your story and um, I think it's also listening to your voice giving yourself the right or the permission to be and to express who you are and that 
that transpires in all the areas of your life and inevitably changes start happening there as well. So it's not just life. I mean, it is life changing. It's not just changing your life in the area of the book. It is life changing in so many different ways. It's business opportunities that come up because your energy shifts, um, relationships that shift because of the way you show up. It's 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 really everywhere. It's your life that changes. And that's beautiful to watch. Wow, that is amazing. It is amazing. Really a reminder that we are the writers of our own stories. The way we tell our stories matters. And when we take ownership of that, then we change. I mean, we change the way we see ourselves and the world around us changes as well to reflect that. So that is beautiful. And, you know, once you wrote your book, to see all these changes, I mean, to take these opportunities, you also need to market the book and make sure that people actually get to read it. And I know that lots of creatives have a block there because we love to write, we love to create. But as soon as it comes to the marketing part, you know, promoting ourselves, again, there's other fears and blocks that come up. So how do you advise people to deal with the marketing part? Again, do what feels good to you. But I totally get that, you know, marketing very often comes with blocks because we don't want to be selling. We don't want to be, you know, pushing our, we don't want to sound like a broken record and we don't want, you know, we want to do our thing. We want to write and create and not worry about selling. And I think, uh, again, there's a mindset shift um, that you can do there, which is, to know that when you share stuff about your book or your content as a creative in general, it can also bring value to people. Um, you can share an excerpt of your book and change someone's day or week or year or life because of that. So you can still do that from a well-meaning, good-hearted perspective or intention. And then add a call to action, a link for people to buy your book. Don't, don't, you know, some, I remember I had a client who she had this amazing book and she kept, she shared every day about her book, but she didn't tell people that what she was sharing came from her book. And she didn't share the link to go buy her book because she, she had a block and she felt that adding this, you can buy my book here would be taking away, would be like tainting her good intention with a salesy vibe. And that's where the mindset shifts come in. And I said to her, no, what you're actually doing is you're withholding the opportunity for the people who love your work to get more of it. You're keeping this from them. And maybe they would love to have a book from you that they can look at every day instead of having to come on social media to check your um, your wall. So um, there are ways. So one way is this mindset shift to know that sharing your work and sharing your book is actually helping other people achieve a goal, make their lives better, improve their lives in some way. 
but also promoting their book. I know that when I promoted my book, I, I love connection. I love sharing things. I love um, connecting with people. And I almost, well, not almost, I actually organically promoted my book. It wasn't really meant to be a promotion uh, tactic, but I was so proud and excited about my book that I would share covers or I would share excerpts. I would share news about where I'm at in the process. And so that made people interested in my journey and it got them in. And my project, my book project kind of became something that they were eager to see come to life. And so when my book was out, because they had seen the evolution from the, I'm writing a book to, uh, here's my cover, what do you think? I'm torn between this one and this one. So they got to love my book before they got to see it, before it was out for them to buy. And so the day it was out, it was a no brainer that they wanted, they wanted to see what it was like as they'd heard about it for so long. And they'd heard about it for so long in a way that was engaging, that made them a part of it. So, Yeah, I love what you're saying. Well, first, the mindset of shifting selling to serving, but also sharing and getting people excited and getting them on board with your idea, because it's like you were saying before, it's like think, think that you are talking to friends and that you're not saying you're just really sharing from the heart and that people connect with that. Yeah. And talking about mindset, one of the new habits or beliefs that you have adopted that has changed your life in the last three years? I think... Um... It might have been actually almost three years, uh, but I remember a specific moment uh, in my business where I was struggling because as a multi-passionate, I wanted to do so many things. I wanted to coach people and transform their lives. I wanted to help people write um, their story. I wanted to, I wanted to do so many things and I couldn't find a way to put that in a title. What would I call myself? The life transformer, book writer, publisher? It wasn't clear. No one, and you know that well, I think, when it's not clear, people won't come because they don't know what they're getting. And I remember I had this conversation with my editor, and she told me that her coach gave her this piece of advice that changed her life. And it did click for me. It made things click for me as well. Um, her, her coach had told her that you don't have to fit everything that you are in the business and that you don't have to fit all of your skills in your business tagline or in the services you, you sell. And that doesn't mean that you don't have to bring who you are in your business, but you don't have to promote it as such. So... You just pick something and then all of your skills will come as a bonus. And when I made peace with that and I said, okay, fine, I'm going to be a book doula. I'm going to be a book coach and self-publishing expert. That's when I was like, okay, I'm going to stick to that as my title 
that's going to be my business, business, but then I get to be who I am in my life, in my business as well, and with my clients, because who I am doesn't go anywhere. It's still, it's, it is with me everywhere. So whether I love transforming people's lives by sharing stuff with them, I still get to do that by helping them write a book. Um, I love teaching. So I still get to teach things to them when it comes to book writing techniques or how to make their chapters more relatable or, you know, stuff like that. I love connecting with people. I connect with my clients. I connect with my team. I bring pieces together. I just love bringing things together, like a puzzle projects together. And this is when my business just became heaven for me because as you were saying at the beginning, I offer different kinds of services, book coaching, editing, um, design, launching. So I have people that work with me. And so I have this, this um, touch of connecting people, bringing people together to make one product, which will be the final book. And I also get to connect little pieces together to make one big project come to life. And I used to do that when I had shops, for example. I, there were different stages, talking to suppliers, organizing the shipment. I used to sell bags from Italy. So having the bags be delivered to the ship that would then bring that to the island and organize the customs and then let people know that customers know that the new stock was here. It was a whole lot of different steps. And I just love making all those steps fit in that maybe there was Christmas coming or a Mother's Day come in. So fitting all those things around a deadline, I just love doing that. And that's, to me, what I do today with the book um, writing and publishing process is the same. It is bringing different people in. It is bringing my creativity in how we're going to do things. It is, I used to teach even when I was in, in the shop selling bags to people. I would teach them about the bags. I would teach them about Italian leather. Or if the conversation drifted, you know, I would teach them about, I would share with them what I knew about the topic we were talking about, be it personal development, yoga, um, all sorts of things. When I used to teach, I remember I was, I used to teach in corporate. I was a language trainer for executives and I would pick and I taught them English. So what I would do is I would bring in videos from TED Talks or um, articles on personal development and work on those with them, but it was not just for the English. Yes, we were working on the English language side of things, but they were getting more than that. They were learning how to not be burned out, how to take care of themselves through those um, articles. So there's, there's always a way to bring in what you love in what you do, even if that's not in your job title or your job description. So when I realized that I didn't have to make all of who I am fit in my business description, that gave me peace to actually then play 
and really bring all of the pieces of who it, it seems paradox. Yeah, it seems like a paradox, but it is true. When you pick one thing, it gives you freedom to then do whatever you want inside of that one container. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I find the same because when it comes to like marketing and telling people what you do, you need that clarity so that people understand how you can help them. And then you start a conversation and, you know, you can say, oh, but I also help do all these other things. But if you don't have that clarity at the beginning, there's not going to be the conversation. You won't be able to do any of the things that you love. Yes. And just to take a silly example, uh, let's say I love dancing. I don't, but let's say I love dancing. I wouldn't create a business around <laughs> dancing while writing a book. That doesn't make sense. Maybe that exists, but... I don't know that I, I, it would be harder to create a business around that. But I could say, for example, I will help you write a book like I do now, but then use dancing in my videos on social media to promote my services or just to connect with people. And it would just be my way of standing out and letting people know that this is who I am. Use it as a tool to attract my ideal client. And I think that's what we get to do. We pick a thing and then we get creative because that's what we are in using all of our, of our multi-passions in the business in one way or the other. Yes, I agree. I think, you know, there is this idea of niching down there. It can make you think that you can only ever do one thing, that all your passions that don't fit in and you have to leave them out. But actually, those are the things that make us stand out and attract people to us so the more we bring that into our business the more successful we will be we, we will feel better people will connect with us better of course you did other things before being able to like almost passionate we have so many careers over, over the years and I personally found that every time that I felt that huge that decided to do something else it was hard for me to switch because even though I knew that okay my current career has come to a close I don't want to do it anymore I want to do something that excites me it feels hard to give to give yourself permission to pivot so have you experienced like this fear of pivoting and how did you handle that um (laughs) I think I'm gonna give you again the same I'm going to sound like a broken record. No, I have experienced quite the opposite um, because when I did things, I did them until I didn't feel that fire inside of me. And then I would know that I had to pivot. And um, I might have had the opposite problem, which was constantly wanting to pivot because, you know, I'm a multi-passionate. I want to do everything. And at some point, I will get, uh, not that I would get bored, but I will want, you know, that buzz of doing something new and um, and therefore not giving enough time to my current project to develop enough to be, to bring me satisfaction. So um, the fear of pivoting, I think when, again, it's checking in with your inner compass. I, when I left my business, my retail business, I had a business partner and um, I remember 
the day I told my business partner that I was leaving, I said it out loud. And that's when I knew that I would be leaving. It's like I hadn't thought about it. The words came out of my, of my mouth. And I was like, oh, did I just say that? Okay. All right, then. And, and I knew it was something that was coming. And the time had come. And so I left my business, the retail business, I told my partner that I would give them um, nine months, just so I could hand over my tasks to someone else. And then I would leave. So there was enough notice. And even when I got to the time where I had to leave, I left, I moved country, and I had literally about a hundred dollars in my pocket that's all I had a hundred dollars and a credit card with fifteen hundred dollars on it if I ever needed it but I just knew I couldn't I couldn't keep living that old life because I was dying inside and I thought I am gonna go with my hundred dollars and I'm gonna try and find a way and and I did and I, again, there was this fire inside of me, or should I say there was no fire left inside of me for that other project, job, business, whatever you want to call it. And as a, as a multi-passionate, I think that's something we need to pay attention to. Again, it's the fire inside of ours. And um, and also know, because I know I said we tend to pivot really easily as well, because we want to do so many things. Um, so the fear of pivoting, I think one way to counter that fear is to connect with that fire inside of us and really know that we are pivoting for a good reason. We are pivoting because we are walking towards our dreams or we are walking towards something that we've been wanting to do for a long time. And that may mean that we're going to fail, but at least we can cross that off our list and not think about it anymore. Because as multi-passionates, there is energy that is consumed by all those projects that are on the back burner. You don't really think about them every day, but they are sucking your time and energy as well because they they, they need energy to be kept alive. <laughs> so they, they use the bandwidth that you have to do things. So sometimes it's good to try something and then either it works or it doesn't, but at least it's not sucking energy without any progress. So that's one way to do things. And as a multi-passionate, I think we've got that thing that we know that if we don't succeed at that one thing, we've got several aces up our sleeves. So we're gonna fall on our feet anyway. Yes, that is so, so true. What's one way that multi-passionates can build a laughing business around their passions? <sighs> I think it's about, um, that's what I was saying earlier. It's identifying, one, at least one thing that really helped me was identifying what it is that they love doing and that they really feel like a fish in water when they're doing it, that it comes to them easy, 
they do it well. It's finding what um, what is called their zone of genius. Yes, zone of genius. Uh, what is it? Yes, I can't remember the Havel. Well, I can't remember the name of the author, but yes, it's the zone of genius. So finding what comes easy to them, what they love doing, and extrapolating it from a profession is something that could be helpful because uh, again I was I'll take my own example I said that I love teaching but that doesn't mean that I would need to be a teacher I could teach in so many different ways when I was a student I used to work in um, drugstores perfume shops or supermarkets promoting products it could be perfumes it could be mp3 players and what I did was educate people teach people about how this new perfume is out and what's different from the previous ones or how this new mp3 player allows you to watch video clips as well or stuff like that so I was still teaching in a way but not not as a teacher and what's really um another example or I'd say about that is that I've always loved languages and I didn't study languages because I thought that that would mean I would end up as a teacher and I didn't want to be a language teacher because I thought that was boring. So I picked communications, but I still ended up being a language teacher. And the thing is now I, I work with languages as a book doula, but I didn't know back then when I picked up when I was 18 and picked up what I wanted to study at university. I didn't even know what a book coach was. And I I had no idea what I would do. And maybe if I had known about that, I might have chosen languages because I loved languages. But um, the thing is, because I love languages, I've found ways to include that in what I do now. But even let's say I, I worked as an accountant, I could still use my love for languages by writing the newsletter of that accountant um, firm. Or I could, you know, write touching emails to my clients. <laughs> or, you know, but I could still use my love for languages in um, what I do. So um, I guess what helps, and there are lots of tests out there. I really love the, what was it? The Gallup, the strength, yes. strength finder test. It really helped me see what I love doing as my strengths. It made me realize that, oh, that, here's why you love doing these things. It's because they're what makes you you and that's what you're really good at so build your business around that don't be afraid because that's what I was already doing but I I was doubting myself because I thought that was weird or so it gave me the confirmation that I am on the right path because it did extrapolate my skills and my qualities and put them in a way that I could take them and bring them in any profession or any field or any anywhere even just life in general so there's 
people can find out what it is that they love by themselves. But I think it's always easier when you take those tests. Um, I recently did the Spark Spark, um, type. Um, I think his name is Jonathan Field. And he's got a test kind of like the Strengths Finder, but less... um, accurate but not accurate less detailed but it's the same concept there are lots of tests like that. I, I like that test it was free I took the Gallup strengths finder test I pay for it but it was worth the clarity that I got and the relief that I got the peace of mind that I got was way worth those I don't know 30 dollars that I paid for the test so yeah finding out what your skills are what the essence of your skills are so that then you can find ways to use them or to um, implement them everywhere is what would help, I think. Yes, that is amazing advice. And you've been so generous with us, so many pieces of wisdom in this interview. Is there anything else that you would like to mention before we close? Yeah, I couldn't leave without saying if you're listening to this and you think that you want to write a book, but it's not for you because everyone can write a book, but you can't write a book, I would say do yourself a favor. Your story matters. Your voice matters. Whatever it is that you have to share matters, even if someone else has spoken about it before. No one did it the way you multi-passionate would be able to do it so don't doubt yourself um about writing a book or about anything we are multi-passionate and therefore this is a strength that we have because it makes us even more unique because of all the things we bring in into other people's lives absolutely uh, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you they can find me on Facebook. That's where I hang out most often um, at Anik Ina. And I'm also on Instagram. And they can go check out my blog as well at anikina.com. Great. And of course, we're going to link to everything in the show notes below and everything that we talked about in this interview. Thank you so much for being here with us. It has been a pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. How inspiring is Anik? If you enjoyed this interview, please share it with a friend, leave a rating and a review. It really helps the podcast get found by other multi-passionates who need to hear this message too. You can also head over to the treasureswithin.net to check out all the links and resources we mentioned in the show notes. That's all for now. I wish you a wonderful rest of your day. Bye. Georgia here. I want to take a quick moment to tell you something. A few years ago, I was stuck in what I call strategy hell. I was literally doing everything to grow my business. I was on all the social media platforms, doing webinars, going to networking events, writing blog posts, 
sending out newsletters, you name it, I did it. And my business was growing at a snail's pace. It was so frustrating because I couldn't have worked any harder. I was already overwhelmed and burned out. Do you ever feel like that? It wasn't until a random encounter with a coach that I realized being in strategy hell is a form of sabotage. You think you're doing everything to grow your business. In reality, you're stuck in busy work because you're afraid of what might happen if you went all in or reached your goals. In my case, I had a massive fear that if I became more successful than my family, my friends and my partner, they wouldn't love me anymore and they leave me. This fear was buried so deep in my subconscious that I wasn't aware of it until I had a powerful session with my coach. And yet the fear was running my business and making sure I'd never reached my goal. It was only once I healed the fear that I was able to double my income in a few short months and my loved one didn't leave me. If you two are working hard, trying all these strategies to go to the next level in your business, you don't need one more strategy. You already have all the strategies you need. If nothing is working, it's because there's a limiting belief that's sabotaging all your efforts. Maybe like me, you're afraid that if you are too successful, you won't fit in with your friends and family anymore and you lose them. Maybe you don't think you are good enough at what you do and are afraid that if you put yourself out there in a big way, you'll be exposed as a fraud. Or maybe, deep down, you don't believe you're worthy of money and success. Whatever it is, trying to grow a business with these limiting beliefs running in your subconscious is like driving a car with a brake on. No matter how hard you try, you are going to stay stuck where you are. If you want to go to the next level in your business and reach those big income and business goals that have eluded you up until now, you must first heal all those limiting beliefs and all stories that are sabotaging you. Once those self-imposed limitations melt away, you'll be able to step out of strategy hell and confidently take action towards your goals. Those tasks that used to feel hard or scary, like going live on Instagram, doing sales calls, or being a regular guest on podcasts, will now feel easy and fun and you'll be able to reach your goals with ease. If you know, deep down, that healing those limiting beliefs and all stories is the missing piece in getting the results and money you want in your business and you are ready to drop the hustle and step into your six figures mindset, I invite you to book a discovery call with me. On the call, you get coaching on the number one limiting belief, the sabotaging your success and keeping you from reaching your next income level. And if we both feel it's a fit, you'll discover how we can work together to heal the limiting beliefs that are sabotaging you so you can finally build a wildly profitable business from your passions and enjoy financial allocation and time freedom. Remember, the world needs all of your treasures. 
It's your time to get out of your own way so you can do the work you are meant to do in the world and live a life of freedom on your own terms. These one-on-one calls are limited, so if you are ready to finally make your vision boards become your reality, click on the link in the show notes and book in today.